Good morning, Woodlands Church. We're so glad you're connected with us. Um, we are starting a brand new message series this weekend that we're really excited about, that we've been praying about and thinking about for quite some time. We're calling it Overflow. And Overflow is a word that we've been hearing a lot lately here in Houston. And that is because the hospitals are starting to overflow with patients. And, you know, it just seems like it's a continuation of the bad news that we've been all been getting over the last few months about the pandemic. You know, we've been overflowed with a word about stress and fear. Everybody's overflowing with concern and anxiety. We wonder, you know, what is the economy going to be like? What are the schools going to be like? What is uh, my health going to be like or the health of my loved ones? There's just so many things that have been piling into our lives lately. And for a lot of people, that has meant that that concern and fear and anxiety, all the bad stuff has just been overflowing and spewing out on the people around us, right? You know, we just start uh, you know, yelling for no reason, hurting other people because we're just, we can't hold all this in. There's so much bad stuff. But you know what? For a believer, it doesn't have to be that way. There's a whole other kind of overflow available to us. And that is the overflow of the person Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is alive and his spirit lives inside of you if you're a believer. And that's why we have the ability to overflow with love and joy and patience because that life of Jesus Christ wells up inside of us. Just look at this verse. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. You know, that's because the present here and now life of Christ inside of a believer spills out all over the place because God cannot be contained in any one person. And have you ever been around someone who is going through a really tough time in their lives and yet they seem to be filled with peace, with calm, with a purpose? Well, the reason for that is that the life of Jesus Christ was overflowing from within them. And in the same way the bad stuff spills out, the good stuff spills out. And you can actually infect the people around you with joy. You can actually spill out that peace upon the people around you. And so in this series, we're going to be taking a closer look at overflow. What does that look like in our lives? How do we get to that place? So it's something all of us need right now. I know Carrie and I have really needed it. And so I'm really excited about this series. So I hope you're listening really closely because Carrie's about to share with you a story from Scripture that is awesome and will mean so much if you just tune in. And we want to illustrate this overflow principle for you. Um, let's just say that this cylinder represents your life. And the red water, that represents the stress that comes into your everyday life. And, and each of these rings represents a level of stress from one to five. Now, I would have to say that most of the time, Chris and I are already at a level five. You know, it, most of us live at a level four or five in stress. We just our everyday life, just the busyness of it, and just our hectic and crowded schedules. 
we're at a four or five level of stress to begin with. And then you throw in something extra, like a pandemic, and then we're at overflow. We're overflowing, and maybe it's uh, financial stress. Maybe it's health stress. Maybe it's a teenager going in the wrong direction. Um, It's just this overflow of stress that just comes out, and it affects everyone around us. It's an overflow of fear, an overflow of stress, an overflow of anxiety, an overflow of anger that just starts spilling out everywhere on all of us and everyone around you. And they experience it because usually when we're stressed overflowing like this, we take it out on the people closest to us. They just get splashed with all the anger and the anxiety and the fear and the worry that comes from that overflow of all the bad stuff that comes out of us. Uh, Let me show you what it looks like when you're filled up with the Holy Spirit. Because in the same way that Carrie was talking about, and there's already so much stress and then it starts spilling out, this is what it looks like when we're filled up with Christ. That same way, in the same way, we can be filled up with joy and peace and patience and kindness and self-control and faithfulness. And it starts spilling out to the people around us, the people in your family, the people you work with, your neighbors. They'll start recognizing because they're going to get splashed by it. I am literally being splashed by this right now. <laughs> and see, I can splash ah. some of the good stuff on Carrie. Uh, but this same good stuff, the stuff that's of Jesus Christ, the things that we want in our lives spill out and overflow onto the people around us. So we want to ask you this. Today, what would the people in your life say that you are spilling over with? What is it that your family, your husband, our wife, your kids, your parents, your coworkers, your neighbors, what would they say is spilling out of you? I know that uh, for Carrie and I, a lot of times we're able to say, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit is really spilling out of us right now. I feel like I'm really, really filled up with him. I've been spending time with him. But there's times when we are just spilling out, uh, you know, spewing anger, spewing fear. And when I feel like that, I realize it's time for me to do a gut check. Because the truth is that Christians should be different. Everything in the Bible speaks to the fact that Christians in this world should be reacting differently than everyone else to what's going on. And if we're not, something's wrong. And so if we're spewing out uh, fear and anger and anxiety, then it's time to do a gut check and say, okay, God, I need to hear from you. So that's where we're at today. And sometimes in life, you just get so overwhelmed and overflowing with so much hurt and so much pain, and so much loss that all your peace, all your joy, all your provision, and all your strength just runs out. And you got nothing left but emptiness. I mean, there's such a thing as an overflow of emptiness. And if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Where the emptiness, the void is just overflowing in your life. You just got nothing left in the tank. And maybe you've been running on an overflow of anxiety and loss, an overflow of anxiety and stress for so long that now you're just running on empty. And so today we're going to kick off the series by looking at how you go from empty to overflowing. So I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, because here we see a widow who had experienced so much loss that she was totally empty. She had lost her husband, so she was grieving. She had 
lost income. She had financial loss. She was about to lose her two sons because the creditors were coming to take away her sons as slaves to pay the debt. And she loved God. She was a believer. And this shows me that believers aren't immune to loss. Every Christ follower at times will experience loss. And maybe you're going through deep loss right now. A loss of a loved one, a loss in finances, loss of a marriage, loss of a job, loss of a business, or maybe it's a loss of confidence, or a loss of trust, or a loss of peace, or a loss of direction, or a loss of joy. And it just left you empty on the inside. Well, I want you to know that's a good place to be. No, you didn't hear me wrongly. I said, being empty is a good place to be. Because when you're empty, that's when God can fill you to overflowing. When I'm full of myself, when I'm full of pride, God can't fill me, God can't use me. It's only when I come to the place where I'm totally empty and I've got nothing left where God can fill me up to overflowing. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. We see that this woman went from being totally empty, nothing left, to being overflowing. So let's look at it. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, he said, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Dear God, I pray that for the next few moments that you would just speak to all of us from your word. Lord, this miracle has so much in it for each and every one of us. And I know, Lord, there's a miracle in the making that you've already started in each one of our lives that you want to complete. But Lord, the secret is in this passage. So I pray, Lord, right now for everyone who's connected with us online from the woodlands to all around the world that you would just speak to their hearts and work a miracle in their lives. Meet them at their point of need, especially those, Lord, who feel totally empty like they got nothing left. Lord, I thank you that they're in that place because that's the place where you can fill them to overflowing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Did you notice that three times the word go is mentioned in this passage? Because God is telling this woman through the prophet that she had to get going before he would give the overflowing. See, you have to get going before God can give you an overflowing. A lot of times we pray for a miracle and we think God's just gonna drop it into our lap, but it usually doesn't work that way. God says, it's your job to go and it's my job to give the overflow. It's your job to go in obedience and then I'll do the miracle. 
So the question then is, where do you go? Where do you go when you're empty? Well, the first place you go is you go to God. Let's look closely at what this woman was experiencing at the time. I mean, she was grieving. She was desperate. She was poor. And what did she do? Well, she decided she was going to go to God. The beginning of this passage, it says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha was God's representative on earth at this time. He was a prophet. And so by going to Elisha, she was going to God. And she was saying, hey, this is where I'm taking my problem. This is where I'm going to for an answer. And that's the first thing that we need to do. Now, what does that mean to go to God? Well, it just means that we take all of our problems, our whole circumstances, all of our feelings, our whole situation, and then we just lay it out in front of God and talk to him about it. Just honestly, in the same way that, that you and I would talk, in the same kind of words. It doesn't need to be King James English. It's just talking to him. God wants a relationship with you. He's a living being. He wants a relationship with you. And so we just talk to him. And then just like in any conversation, you should be spending about half the time listening. If I have time that I spend with God and I'm talking the whole time and then walk away, I'm not going to learn anything. Just as if I sat down with you and then I did all the talking and walked away, I wouldn't know any more about you. So if we really want to know what God has to say, then we talk, which when we talk to God, it's just called praying. We talk to God, we listen, we read his word, and then we obey. And that is a big key because we head into this conversation with God already saying yes, already having the intent that we are going to do what he tells us. Not that we're going to weigh the odds and decide if we really want to do what he says, but saying, okay, whatever you say, I'm going to do it, God. And that's the attitude that this woman had because she asked Elisha, you know, what am I supposed to do? He gave in response something really unusual, and we see her doing it and God blessing that. You see, God doesn't expect you and I to change circumstances that we don't have any control over, but he does expect us to get involved in the change process. He wants that. It's part of growing our faith. It's because God is more concerned with our character than our comfort. That's the reason that he wants us, he lets us even, get involved in the miracle and what he's doing in our lives and the people around us. And so there's a lot that we can learn from this woman, from this widow, because right now, during this global pandemic in 2020, we can learn what it looks like to go to God when we have problems. And most of us feel like we have problems right now. Most of us feel like, yeah, I would have to say that this has been a stressful situation. A change of any kind causes stress. And so just the change, um, doing things differently now, causes some stress in our lives, but that's okay because weakness is a thing that draws us close to Christ because it's when we're weak that we say, wow, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this on my own. God, I need your help. And so it turns us to God. Now, the way we turn to God is spending time with him. And this isn't something that we made up. This is through all of history to Jesus Christ Everyone who has really grown spiritually has come to the same conclusion in saying it takes time. It actually takes effort. And it doesn't just happen by accident. You have to be intentional about it. 
Now, when I first became a believer, I thought this sounded really mystical. People would talk about, I'm going to have a quiet time, or I'm, I'm going to my daily time with God. And I thought, what is that? What do they do? Well, it's not mystical. It's actually very clear. It's a relationship. It's just a relationship, the best relationship. And I can honestly say that having the practice of a daily time with God has been the biggest, uh, most influential, most productive thing I've done in my life. I mean, that consistency, just spending time with him. And, you know, occasionally, do, do I miss a day sometimes? Yeah, I do. And do I always get a ton out of it? No, sometimes I, I don't. I don't end up feeling any differently. But it's that daily consistency that has made all the difference in my life. You know, not long ago, Carrie and I went to a plant nursery. We like to garden sometimes, and we'll try out, you know, getting different plants and seeing if we can make them grow. And a lot of times we don't have too much success. And so uh, we went to this nursery, and we'll usually go around and pick out a few plants, but this particular place that we went, this plant nursery, had so many plants, and they were stunning. They were beautiful. Everything was blooming. I mean, it was just gorgeous. It was like being in a tropical garden. And I just thought, wow, this, wait, is this the same kind of plant that we have right outside our back door? Because I mean, this is just so lush and beautiful, and ours is kind of scraggly. It was hard to even believe that they were the same species of plants that we had. And so I actually asked the owner, and I said, I just, I don't understand. You have the most beautiful plants I've ever seen. How do you do it? Where did you learn to garden like this? And she said, oh, well, let me tell you. Of course, she was a you know, wonderful horticulturist. She knew what she was doing. But that was because she said, you know, I have really studied it, and I use a certain kind of fertilizer on my plants. And let me tell you, it's wonderful. It gives them all the nutrients that aren't normally in the soil, but they actually need. And so all of those minerals, all the nutrients, are, you know, we're right there. I give it to them, and it's like crack for plants. It's wonderful. It makes them grow. And so, of course, you know, Carrie and I got some, and sure enough, it worked. It turns out that uh, our plants needed some minerals that we didn't have available in our soil. And so no matter how much water and sun they got, uh, even if we put them in the right place, even if we did the pruning every year, uh, they weren't going to grow and be that wonderful. They needed that fertilizer. And that is a picture of what quiet time is for our hearts. You see, quiet time, spending, and I, by that, I mean just spending a daily time with God, spending, and we say quiet. You know, if you're a mother of preschoolers, it's not going to be quiet, so I don't really like that term. But having that daily time with God, that is the fertilizer for your heart. Having that daily quiet time is like crack for your soul. It will give you all the nutrients you need. It turns out that in this world that we live in, it just doesn't have available all the things that we need for our souls to grow. What we need is found in God's word and by listening to the living Holy Spirit. And when we do that, it's unbelievable what happens. You will grow, you will bloom. Now, did those plants just sprout flowers the day after we put the fertilizer on? No, it took time, it took consistency. But it has made a huge difference. And so Carrie and I want to demystify what it looks like to spend a daily time with God. And so we are inviting you in to actually join us and uh, starting um, tomorrow, so for this week, Monday through Friday, 
every morning at 8. I'm going to show you for about 10 minutes, just real practically. Okay, this is kind of what it looks like for me. Every evening at 8, Carrie's going to be there on social media, on Facebook, you know, on Instagram, and just letting you know, okay, hey, this is what it looks like for me. The reason we're doing it separately is because we want you to know it doesn't look the same for every person. Everybody does it differently. It looks different in different seasons of life. It looks different, you know, when you're the mother of a preschooler or a, a father, um, you know, in a, in a traveling season. And, and we'll be getting to talk about a lot of different ways that other people we know have um, found, you know, a way that works for them. And it will probably change over your lifetime the, what that looks like. And that's okay. But the point is that you continue to develop that relationship with God. So we're calling it Daily Overflow. We really hope that you will join us uh, this week. And together, we will grow in spending time in God's Word. So where do you go when you're feeling empty? First, you go to God. And then secondly, you go with what you've got. If you go with what you've got, God will give you what you don't have. And so the prophet Elisha asked this woman a really strange question in 2 Kings 4.2. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? He said, tell me, what do you have in your house? That sounds like a really strange question, but as Chris and I were studying the passage, she said to me, Carrie, I think he probably said it like this. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Because you've told me what you don't have. You keep telling me what you don't have. You keep telling me about your loss, so tell me what you do have. And see, our loss causes us to lose sight of what we do have. We get so focused on what we've lost that we lose sight of what God has given us. And we think, well, it seems so small and insignificant compared to my loss, and so we don't even notice it. But God allows loss into our lives many times so that we will look at what we have, appreciate what we have, and then he can use it for his glory. God allows and always uses what you have to give you what you need. God uses what you have to give you what you don't have. He always starts with what you have before he works a miracle. So what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Are you so focused on what you don't have? that you're not thinking about what you do have. You already have the miracle in the making. It's right under your nose. The miracle is right under your nose. A lot of times though we don't see it because God always starts with something small to do something great. And so God wants us to stop and ask, what do I have? What do I have that God can use instead of being so focused on what I don't have? And she answers the question in 2 Kings 4, Verse two, the second part of the verse, she says, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. See, at first, all she can see is what she's lost. She says, your servant has nothing there at all. But then she takes a little turn, and it creates a huge turn, and it turns on the faucet of God's overflowing provision in her life. She takes this little turn. First, she says, Hey, I've got nothing at all except, except a small jar of olive oil. She takes that little turn and it turns on the faucet of God's provision and blessing in her life. She says, I've got nothing there at all except, except, 
except. And God took her except and did something exceptional with it. And God can take your except and do something exceptional with it. And maybe today you're saying, I got nothing at all. I'm running on empty, God. And he says, take another look. I have nothing at all except a little bit of time, maybe. I've got nothing at all except I've got a little bit of talent, but it's not much. I've got nothing at all except a little bit of resources. God can take your except and make something exceptional out of it. That's the way he always works when he works a miracle. If you give your except to God, then he can multiply it. Remember Jesus and the disciples on that hillside with 5,000 people, and Jesus asked the disciples to feed them, and they said, hey, that's impossible. And Jesus said, well, what do you got? And they said, we've got nothing at all to feed these people with except a little boy's lunch. And God says, I can work with that. Jesus said, that's all I need, five loaves and two fish. What do you have? Well, we've got nothing, Lord, except a little boy's lunch. And when you give your accept to God, he can multiply it. When you give your accept to God, he does something exceptional with it. He always starts with your accept to do something exceptional. So the question is, what is your accept today? That you've been looking right past because that's the miracle in the making. Doesn't look like a miracle right now, but that's what God wants to use to work the miracle in your life. The miracle is right under your nose. What do you have in your house? Give your accept to God and he will multiply it. We're always waiting for God to drop that miracle out of the sky, but it doesn't work that way. God says, you go with what you have and then I'll give you what you don't have. You go with what you have and I'll give you what you need. A lot of times we're waiting. Okay, God, I'll trust you. God, I'll obey you if you'll give me what I need. God, I'll tithe. If you will bless me financially, then I'll tithe on it. And God says, no, you, you tithe on what you have, and then I'll meet your needs. You, you do what I've told you to do. It it's always starts with our accept. God always starts with your accept to do something exceptional in your life. So what is your accept? What do you have in your house? And then the third and last thing to do when you're empty and you need to get filled is to go out on a limb. Go out on a limb. Really risk letting your faith show to others. Let's look again at what happened and what we can learn from this woman who is a widow. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. So did you get that? What Elisha told her to do was go around and make sure all your neighbors know how desperate you are. Let them all know how desperate you are, and also that you are relying on God. You're expecting God to come through for you. Let them know that you have faith. That is a pretty radical answer. In other words, he's saying, go public. I want you to go public with this need. I want you to go public. That's what I want you to do. Now, could he have snapped his fingers? Could he have just said, you know, okay, great. Here's a miracle. Could a miracle have happened in a way that money just showed up in her hand? Well, I imagine so, but 
God, interestingly, didn't want to do it that way. Because our God is not a magic genie that we, someone made up in a fairy tale. We're talking about the real almighty God, the most powerful being in the universe who created everything. And he has a plan and he wants to know you. And so when he asks us to do something, we'd better take it seriously. So he told this woman, go go let all your neighbors know that you're expecting me to work. And then I want you to go home, close the door, be in there with your sons inside, and then I'm going to do a miracle. That's where the miracle is going to happen. In other words, don't wait for me to answer until you let everyone know that you're asking. Did you get that? That's what he's saying to us for our lives. Don't wait for God to answer until you let anyone know you asked him. Because so often what I'd like to do is privately ask God, privately go to him and think, you know, but Lord, please, please answer this. Please hear my prayer. Please do this miracle. And if you do, I will tell everyone how great you are. But God says, no, that's not the way it works. Faith is exhibited by actually going out on a limb, letting people know you trust me. Otherwise, how can they see your faith? How will anyone know that you called out to me and I answered if you don't let them know that you're calling? You see, if I am honest, I would say that every time I would choose for the pot gathering, the asking of needs, to be private and the pot filling to be public. Let's let, instead of going around asking for pots and then closing the door, going in and not letting anybody else see the miracle, hey, I would like it a lot better if I could instead just privately ask and then display the miracle and tell everybody, hey, look, look what happened. Isn't this awesome? But it just doesn't work that way. And really understanding that and letting it sink in will make a difference because you know her neighbors. You can only imagine what they were saying. When she ran around, she had her sons go around and ask for empty pots from everyone. This wasn't one pot. This was a lot of pots, not just a few. And so they're going around asking, and the neighbors had to be talking and saying, what does she think she's doing? What does she think she's going to fill these with? Dirt? What's she going to put in these pots? You know, everyone was talking. It got everyone's attention. And then she closed the door, and God answered just as he had promised. And this pandemic has created a -a once-in-a-lifetime situation for believers because we have the opportunity to join with God in what he's doing. He wants us to be light in a dark place. And the darker things get, the brighter Christians should be who are in communities. The brighter they should shine. We should be shining brightly, not just blending in, but shining brightly. We should be making a difference so that when other people look at us, they say, wow, there is something different about them. I don't see all that yucky stuff spilling out of them, there's really something different. I see peace and joy, and it's contagious. Wow, what's going on? What is different? How is this happening? I just don't understand. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be salt. He wants us to be light. He wants us to make a difference. Now, look at the most amazing part of this whole story. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So she got to choose 
how many jars she would collect. And however many she got was how many were filled. In other words, she got to choose the amount of the miracle. And there's an amazing truth in that. And it is that we get to decide how much we're blessed. God actually allows us to participate in that. How much faith do you have? Jesus, you know, it said, let it be done to you according to your faith. In Hebrews, it says that we can't please God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We just can't do it without faith. It can't be done. The faith, the actual gathering of pots, the saying, God, I am putting everything right out there on a limb for you. I'm letting everybody know I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. I have needs. I'm not denying that. I'm not just slapping a happy sticker on my face and acting like I'm a Christian. Everything's perfect. It's like, no, I have needs. This woman said, I'm desperate. I'm destitute. I have nothing. And now my sons are about to be taken away from me. I can't even imagine the agony she was going through in her soul. But yet she let everybody know, but you know what? As tough as this is, as bad as my situation looks, as hopeless as it seems, I am turning to Almighty God and I'm counting on him to come through for me. Obedience and faith are a piece that we would love to sidestep, but they're absolutely integral in the life of a believer. You just can't do without them. Now we have four children and I remember many times um, when our kids were growing up saying, okay, guys, it's time to go clean your rooms. And one son would say, Mom, uh, I don't want to. Why? And another son would say, Okay, Mom, I will. This actually happened so many times. But guess what happened when I went up to their rooms? I saw that the one who had said, Uh, I don't want to, his room was totally clean and perfect, you know, bed made all the stuff put away. And the son who had said, okay, mom, I will, with a smile on his face, would have a really messy room and be sitting there playing video games on his unmade bed and have toys, stuff, papers all over the floor. Now, answer this for me. Which one of those sons do you think honored me more as a parent? Was it the one who said whatever I wanted to hear but yet did whatever he wanted? Or was it the son who expressed his frustration, but yet obeyed anyway? I think you know what the answer is. And so many times I've gotten a, a hint, a clear picture of how God must feel about me when I relate to him. You know, he, he wants us to, to spend time with him and to worship him, but you cannot get around the piece of obedience. And that when we read something or he tells us something that is contrary to what we want to do or we feel like doing, no excuse will work. There's no space to go our own way. But his way is the best way. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants you to know it more than you want to know it yourself. And right here in the middle of all these circumstances is a perfect time for us all to get listening closer than ever. Maybe you have never had a close walk with the Lord. Well, this is your time to learn, to really get close to him personally. And maybe there's a time in your life, you know, and you'd say, hey, yeah, I remember a time when I used to feel like I was really walking closely with the Lord, but I've kind of 
dry, it feels like it's dried up and I'm not there anymore, it's okay. You know, we make a tiny turn toward God and we have a God who comes running to us. God runs to us. He can't wait to have this adventure with you. You know, regardless of circumstances that are going on right now, regardless, even if the world seems like it's overflowing with fear and anxiety and hatred, it doesn't have to be that way in your own life. And in fact, this is the best time to actually get to make a difference, to stand up and stand out in this world for what God has for us. And that's what we want for you. And we look forward, we're gonna do it together. We're gonna start this whole thing together. And we're going out on a limb, Woodlands Church, in trusting God. Because we're starting something this week we're calling Operation Overflow. Operation Overflow, our hospitals are overflowing with COVID patients. The ICU units are now at overflow. Um, they've got an overflow plan and they're working on their overflow plan. We've been in touch with um, CEOs. We've been in touch with administrators at the medical center the downtown medical center. We've been in touch with um, administrators in our hospitals all, all throughout this area, and they have a huge need. All the medical professionals are, are just overworked. All the medical professionals are the heroes. I mean, it's amazing what they're doing. And so what we're going to do is we're gonna overflow with God's joy and provision, and we're going to meet needs of the medical professionals the people at the hospitals. And so what we're going to do starting this week, Operation Overflow, is we're gonna be going to five of the hospitals in the medical center, and we're gonna be taking uh, large teams down there, and what you do is you wear your mask, you stay in the car, and you pray for them. And then we're gonna feed them because um, we're teaming up with some local restaurants and the church is paying for the food and we're gonna feed them. We're gonna, we're gonna give thou thousands of meals to the medical professionals at these five hospitals this week. And then we're gonna move to all the other hospitals that we can do all around the area. And what we're gonna do at the shift change, uh, we're gonna get out of our cars with our masks on and we're gonna cheer for them, holding signs up of how much we love them and how we're praying for them. We're gonna pray for the COVID patients in the hospital for God's healing. We're gonna pray for God to fill all the empty vessels of the medical professionals that are just giving their life away and feel like they're running on empty. We're gonna go out on a limb. We're gonna go out on a limb financially. We're gonna go out on a limb and we're gonna risk for something that's worth risking for making a difference in the lives of others, being a light to others. So we need you. We need thousands of you to help us in this. If we're gonna reach all the hospitals everywhere in the area, we're gonna need you desperately. And so you can go to our website and look at Operation Overflow and you can get signed up and we'll tell you where you meet, what you do and how to do it safely. Um, we'll give you all the details and the church will be providing the food, um, we need you to give. We need you to serve. We need you to step out. We're going out on a limb for God's glory. This is our time to shine because God asks us, Woodlands Church, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? And I look around and this place is empty, but this is not the house. The church is not a building. The church is a people. What do we have in the house? You, me, we are the church, the people of God. The church is not a place that you go to on the weekends. The church is a people that go out to make a difference in the lives of others. 
You are the light of Jesus Christ, the overflow of the love of Christ. And we're to go out, and this is our time to shine, Woodland Church. You know, as Chris and I have been praying all through this situation, you know, you hear things from medical experts that keep changing. You hear things from leaders, and it keeps changing. And you hear all this stuff, and it just gets crazy. And, you know, we're trying to get all the information we can. And finally, we just said, we're just going to go to God. We're going to go to God every day and say, God, what do you want us to do as a church today? And Chris said, let's ask God what love looks like today, and let's just do whatever God says. Don't worry about anybody else. Let's do what God says for us, for our church. And that's what we've been doing. We've been seeking to do that every day. God, what does love look like today? What does love look like today? And that's why we're having online services only this weekend, and we'll do that again next weekend, online services only. Just... You know, we're gonna go from week to week here, gonna go from day to day, and the reason why we're doing this is because that's what love looks like today. And the only statistic Chris and I ever really look at is the hospitals. How many COVID patients are in the hospitals? How many are in ICU? Do we have room for them? And now we don't have room, and that, that's gonna mean more loss of life if there's no room. And so for those medical professionals' sake, for those patients' sake, um, that's what love looks like today, to try to do our best to not contribute to that. And so that's why we do what we do. That's the only reason, because God told us to. From day to day, from week to week, and it'll keep changing as we keep seeking God together. But I'll tell you what God's called us to do. He's called us to go. To go where the people are that have the greatest need and to meet those needs. That's worth risking for. We go. We serve, we give, we go. That's Woodlands Church. That's what we do. And the passage God keeps leading us to over and over again during this time is Isaiah 60, 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. You see, it's dark out there. I mean, there's so much darkness in our world today. There's so much pain. There's so much hurt. There's so much brokenness. It's this thick darkness is covering the peoples. A darkness of confusion and a darkness of fear and anxiety. But God says, church, it's time for you to rise and shine and go because my light is in you to overflowing. And when things are the darkest, the church shines the brightest. It's time for us to arise and to shine, overflowing with the love and the peace and the joy and the provision of God. And that's what we're gonna be doing all throughout this time. And God asks you personally, what do you have in your house? Well, nothing, God, except. What is your except? He can do something exceptional with it. And by the way, oil always represented the Holy Spirit in, in Scripture, and so she had a little bit of oil, and if you're a Christ follower, you got a little bit of oil. You got the Holy Spirit in your life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you. That's all you need is Jesus Christ in your life. No matter what's going on around you, you got the power of God in you. And that light, the light of the world is gonna shine through you brighter than ever. So I want us to stop and I want us to pray. And I want to ask you, what do you have in your house? God always starts with what you have to give you what you need.
Dear God, we come before you today and we just pray for every Christ follower in our church that you would just help them see this passage is for them, that we're to rise and shine during this time. We're to be a light to this dark world. And I pray that we'd all ask this week, what do I have in my house? What is that thing that seems so insignificant, God, but you wanna use it? That if I give you my accept, then you'll do something exceptional with it and you'll multiply it. Lord, forgive me for focusing on what I don't have. Help me focus on what I do have and be grateful for it. And then, Lord, give it to you to multiply it. And, Lord, I pray for our Operation Overflow. There's so many empty vessels out there that need to be filled with you because, Lord, they're heroes on the front lines. And I pray that you'd help us fill them, that you'd fill us to overflowing so that we could fill them and pour out onto everyone from the woodlands to the world. And then, Lord, I pray for those who've never received you, that they would right now just pray this prayer. They would say, Jesus Christ, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and fill me up. I'm empty without you. I need you to take me to heaven one day so I accept your free gift of forgiveness in heaven. I could never earn it or deserve it. Save me. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life and he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be in your life. Would you let us know that by just clicking on church online that you're raising your hand to receive Christ? You can join the thousands during this time that have received Christ. Just click, raise my hand to receive Jesus Christ. So proud of you. Our pastors on the chat line, they can talk with you about it. But now we're gonna give back to God some of what he's given us. And this is a time where we can all give. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give. And we give for God's glory. We give because we believe God's promises. We give in faith. And God says, I'll give back. And every one of us can give. So I encourage you to give. Go to wc.org slash give. And if you've never set this up, do it now. Don't wait. Don't have good intentions. Do it. wc.org slash give. And Chris and I have set up recurrent giving. We um, give our tithe that comes right out of there. And then we give our offerings separately. That's above the tithe. And God's been calling us to do that more and more lately. As he always calls us to have the joy of that. But I just really encourage you, get it set up because it's so important. wc.org slash give. Or you can give on your smartphone right now. You can give by texting the word give WC. Give WC, it's gotta be one word, to 77977. Give WC to 77977, or you can mail in your check, One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384, 77384. And so maybe God's blessed you during this time. Maybe you're one of the few that, you know, God's blessed you during this time. I just really challenge you to give something sacrificially for God's glory. I challenge every one of us to give. The church needs it more than ever. We're gonna step out in faith no matter what, We're gonna go out on a limb with God's power because this is where the church shines brightest. And as we go out, God will fill us up. Where God guides, God provides. But God uses you and God uses me. So let's give to the Lord and let's thank him for who he is. And so we're going to leave you with this song on this 4th of July weekend. I'm so grateful for America. We're so grateful to live in this land. America's got a lot of problems. And we have a lot of problems and we need God's blessing. But I'm so grateful for our freedom. We have the freedom to worship. So many countries in the world don't. We have so much freedom. 
so much opportunity. I'm so grateful for that because of what so many have done. They've given their lives. And so if you've served in our armed forces, we just praise God for you. If you are serving, we're praying for you. Uh, The only reason we have freedom is because people have given the ultimate sacrifice and given their life. And we have that freedom today. And and so we're going to sing the battle hymn of the republic. It was written by Julia Ward Howe um, in the Civil War. As God woke her up in the middle of the night and she just pinned it out. She said, I felt like God just gave me all the words. Because God's justice and God's grace and God's love is marching forward. And you're an army of compassion, Woodland Church, and we're gonna go out and be Jesus to people because the answer is not with government officials. The answer is not with government programs. The answer is Jesus Christ and the church being the church and loving people in the name of Jesus and serving people in the name of Jesus. And that's what's gonna hold back the darkness. That's what's gonna hold back the unrighteousness. That's what's gonna bring justice and peace and love and strength. That's what's gonna do it. And I praise God for you. So let's give. Lord, bless our giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.